Hi guys, I'm Iman. I'm Salma. And I'm Saba. And welcome to Your Pretty For A Podcast. And it feels so good to be back because it's been however long it's been. Ten weeks. I don't know. Yeah. Like, ten weeks. Ten, I don't ten, even, eleven weeks. I don't crazy. know the, the day of the week. I don't know the dates. I don't know the time. I don't know how many days of lockdown I've been in. So the fact that you know it's ten weeks, Salma, yeah, you're Miss Honey. <laughs> You're Miss Honey in um, real life. I'm very organized. You're right. <laughs> Maybe I should have been a teacher. Um, and today we also have a special guest. We have Sabah's sister, Zena. Give a round of applause. Zena. Welcome. Zena. Yeah, Zena's just an incredible person, an activist to say the least. Um, and I'm really excited to have her on this. I wanted to have her on for a different episode ages ago, but obviously. Rona! So, <laughs> Zina, tell us a bit about what you do, who you are. Hello, it's very nice to be on your pod- podcast. I don't know why I said that like that. Um, <laughs> now I'm really excited to be joining you guys finally. And I know we've been saying, you know, um, I'll join at some point. But, you know, one of the benefits of Corona is that I'm home and I have time to do things like this. So it's not all... Even though you are always working. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually working as, as we're recording this. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I'm like looking over my notes. But um, yeah, I'm very happy to be here uh, and to be joining. Well, thanks for joining, Zena. You know, we always want more people to the party. So <laughs> Thank you. It's always a good thing. You know, yeah. How have you guys been dealing with lockdown? I mean, oh. I know obviously we've been speaking and stuff, but genuinely, genuinely, I don't actually think I've asked you guys. I've been working. <laughs> Well, all of you guys, Sabah, Selma, I've what have been, you guys been I've doing? I've been baking, cooking, painting, and then yeah. also binging everything the internet has ever given to us. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. was kind of on the creative phase of like, oh my God, I'm going to start my day early, work out, draw, bake, all that stuff. And then now I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever, man. I don't know. I'm just not. I hear that, you know. I'm not as motivated. It's really annoying because, like, we were all so hyped. We were like, yeah, we finally got time to do things. And yeah, listen. In the beginning, every single other day, this is this was my structure by day. Yeah, I'd wake up, I'd have a shower, I might have a couple meetings, do like write up a few things, go back into bed, go on house party. Oh then God. FaceTime my best friend Asha, who was on this, who was on, I think it was episode two, and we'd both watch quarantine, 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 and that was my whole day. You know what? I was quarantine twerk show. Pardon? At least you had a nice clear routine. Yeah. A nice clear routine. Yeah. 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 I've binged like yeah. crazy as well, though. I'm not going to lie. Like, I finished. Uh, La Casa de Papel, some money heist in like three days. I was just like, Oh, it was brilliant. Wasn't oh my it? god, by the way, first season, oh, I'm not gonna lie, I know this is a review for me, but first season was very okay. The rest, fantastic, highly recommend. No, but listen, the last series shatters Patreon, absolutely it. shatters it, guys. My arrow, yeah, I mean, I won't ruin yeah. it, but honestly, she's a pregnant wo- Alicia, she's a pregnant yeah. woman, she bodies it, she does an amazing, fantastic job. Yep. And it's just literally hits patriarchy on the head. Exactly. Guys, so it's, I, it's I still haven't seen it. And my Arab Iranian parents have binged Baba. it. This is like my fresh parents. <laughs> Your Arab Iranian parents have binged it. <laughs> literally. And, and I bet you they watch it in doing? Spanish as well. Oh my God. They love it. You have to watch it. it in Spanish. 
you have to yeah, tranquilo otherwise you're doing it I'm about to swear in Spanish oh my god let me not we're <laughs> <laughs> doing it in justice guys have you okay. seen Rami no but I've heard no. such good things I finally got the time and Sabah was like you have to watch it and okay but how did you watch it? it where is it um, uh, you can watch it on uh, Amazon Prime but yeah. it's like an extension um, it's on Hulu isn't it yeah, it's on. We don't have Hulu. We're not in America. Oh, sorry. Stars Ways. Stars Play on Amazon. Oh, okay. Stars, but it's great. Watch it, guys. It's worth yeah. it. It's worth it. That's our recommendation. It's just like fantastic just, and tackles so many. I just issues. feel like I just feel like with Rami. Do you think? I mean, obviously you've watched it and you said that it's really good, and I trust your opinion with my life. But I just I was quite wary with regards to starting it because I didn't want it to feed into the whole oh yeah hi I'm a Western Muslim da 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 da, da oh my god do you know what I mean it like, is I a little bit like know... that but like but the issue that I've had with with you know when it's like brown guys living in America complaining about the fact that oh my god I have to juggle being Western and Muslim it's so hard and <laughs> yeah. then a white girl comes <laughs> yeah. along and saves the day for them. It's not like that. So it's a bit refreshing. It's a bit That's more good. honest and raw. And I have my own reservations about it, but I just try to take it as a sitcom. Um, I think sometimes we end up judging the works of like mm-hmm. um, our own people harsher than we judge the works of white people. Yeah. I, I think like yeah. sometimes we just have to give them a bit of slack and be like, hey, they just made a shitty sitcom and let's just enjoy it for it's it. Not shitty, though. It's, it's not shitty though. It's not shitty though. Funny enough, I felt the okay. same way a little bit with the show Elite. I've only, I binged that as well. I don't know if you guys have watched it. It's on Netflix. I've heard about it. Yeah. I think it'll just make me feel a bit uncomfortable. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was all right. Like, it's very, very, like, 90210 meets, like, Pretty Little Liars. Um, it's just uh, very extra. But they had, obviously, a Muslim girl in the show with her brother. Um, very interesting how they dealt with it. I understand where they were going with it. And it's based in Spain. So it's like a Spanish kind of narrative of that. But, yeah, there were some things I felt a bit uneasy with. But some of them, I was like, okay, at least they gave them some good... Um, like traits like the family was quite a understanding supportive family whereas you know it could have been horrible but sometimes mm. I think like you said we, we criticize our own people more than anything so I was just kind of sitting back going like oh I don't know how I feel about that but mm. it was just maybe that that's yeah. how they see it I know what yeah you mean. I get that I haven't seen Elite so I wouldn't know yeah but- it's decent you can watch it yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't any. It wasn't a money heist. Okay, let's just get that out of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. yeah. What's money heist? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to. I, well, I mean, obviously, I've been wanting to get back into podcasting with you guys for such a long time now, and I think that all of us were kind of in agreement to start back and and finally find a way to get talking again. And I think this is the most you know pressing issue that we have in these times, particularly if you are on social media, um, and that is police brutality towards the black community. So most recently, um, George Floyd was the uh, latest known case um, of somebody to be murdered by a policeman in America. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen the video. It is, Uh, I mean, it is quite disturbing um, if you guys have seen it. Um, I did share it. I did see it. It absolutely made me cry my eyes out. It, you know, it's getting me teary thinking about it now. Um, and for anyone listening who hasn't watched the video or doesn't know what I'm talking about, it's a man called George Floyd, and he was at a supermarket, and a clerk at the supermarket um, asked, obviously, for payment. He gave a check. It was suspected that it was a fraudulent check. They called police. 
he didn't resist arrest um but the policeman felt that it was necessary to put his knee on his neck and while he was repeatedly saying you know i can't breathe i can't breathe i can't breathe he as a result died of it um it's it's really disheartening to not only see this in 2020 not only see this in a pandemic but to see that this kind of abuse this kind of systemic abuse is just something that i mean we i feel as though it's getting worse but i saw something online today that said it's not getting worse we're just seeing more of it because it's getting filmed Mm. which i thought was was really kind of chilling to read and it's a harsh reality that we honestly need to check ourselves about and it's come up to a point now where i feel like you know being silent that's betrayal if you partake in any type of black culture, whether that be through their music, whether that be following their athletes, whether that be eating certain foods, whether that be going to certain countries, if you are in black culture and you immerse yourself in any type of way, you need to be defending black culture yeah. when it comes down to it. And we and are I, I, I find it we are all consuming black culture. And we all a hundred percent, of course we are. And I just find it so rude so crazy that there are people that are just silent don't get me wrong and and i understand that obviously we are people of color you know we're not white so we don't have the same privileges as white people we're not white passing so we can't just out there and talk and do everything that a white person can can do but we still have the ability to speak about it and i think it's important for our communities as well like all men of communities to understand what's going on for sure for sure you know so <clears throat> i think that that it's it's a weird time and considering that it's lockdown i thought it would be good to kind of discuss you know american politics and what your views are about what should happen to the policeman um i mean me personally obviously he's been removed from his post i think i personally think i personally think he should obviously be put on trial but honestly this guy deserves death row because this is not the first black man, unarmed black man that he has killed as a result of mm. um, him abusing his <clears throat> police powers. Um, and yeah, and and I don't know if you guys saw a clip. I think there was like almost a hundred outside this guy's yeah. house. Yeah. Bearing in mind, oh, bearing in mind, home. bearing in mind, six nine, yeah, was out of prison the other day. Everyone in the whole, like the whole world, was calling him a rat. Everyone was calling him a snitch. The whole of New York was on his case. My guy had about one or two police officers. And you're telling me that this policeman, yeah, this ugly, fugly policeman has got almost 100 people guarding his yard. Yeah. It's ridiculous. He murdered someone. Two two of the police officers were let out on paid leave as well. Which is yeah, it's... But the problem is, is this is... It's not like as if this happened for the first time. So the same thing, it's like as if, you know how like it's a Groundhog Day every day in quarantine? It's like that. Every time this happens, there's a police brutality on a black unarmed man for something so minor and he dies as a result of it. All the police get let off. There's a riot for a little bit, you know, here and there. And then it just goes back to normal and everyone, you know, says RIP and stuff like that. But then it repeats and just constantly goes on. There's never... It's not even... It's not even for just a crime, you know, like for jogging. Like, yeah. Oh my god, that video as well. That was horrible. Did you guys see the? the, the, Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Did you guys also see the recent video of um, the man whose surname was Cooper? I think I can't remember his full name, but um, he was he was bird watching, and the lady with the dog oh yeah, the wo- no no no, it's the woman. The woman's called Amy Cooper. But his name is something Cooper as well. It's rubbish of me not to remember. Maybe I don't know Amy about that. But yeah, her name is Amy yeah. Cooper, and his name um, his surname is Cooper as well. Um, oh, and okay. um, yeah, he was bird watching, and then she shows up with with her with her pet, with her dog, and she's you know she's visibly you know not threatened by him and is pretending to be afraid. You can hear from mm-hmm. her phone call where she's where she's clearly playing her voice. She's playing up being threatened. Because she knows Listen, as soon as she, she says she was strangling the dog that the police will come running and they will do something. And that Yeah, she was is... she was strangling the dog in the process. She was willing and to let her dog die to in the process honest, of her on the phone. To be honest, that that also bothered me, like the fact that people were were so fixated. Talking on about the, the dog, dog as opposed to the as man. As opposed yeah. to the man. Um and it, it highlighted a few things. One of the first things that it highlighted is it doesn't matter how well educated you are and what the what what your socioeconomic status is as a black person in America, you're still susceptible to this kind of violence and this kind of attack because he was a PhD holder who was an educated person from a from a fairly um recently He was bird watching. Yeah, he was he was a geek. <laughs> he was from from a fairly like wealthy background, he was he's doing okay for himself. He's bird watching the nerdiest thing you could do. I don't know white people that do that. Uh, exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't know white people stop, but, like, <laughs> Oh my god. But he was bird watching, and it just it really breaks that myth that this is a class problem that a lot of liberals try and sort of, you know. Um, they they try and justify these things by saying yeah this is a class problem and you know it's not necessarily a a a race problem i thought that was one thing that was really interesting and the other thing was the fact that there was so much focus on that bloody dog like i get it yeah but but you know why but you know why and this is what i was talking to my friend asher about yeah the problem with america Americans have too much freedom and I know that's such a problematic thing for me to say but it's true because a dog will have the same rights as a human being the same amount of people that will be calling and screaming RSPCA are the same amount of people that will be calling for, for, to, for the life of the person that just got killed and this is a problem with America everything you can get sued for every single thing is a problem oh no but it's my right but yeah. it's the fifth amendment yeah. but it's the fourth amendment but it's this but I can defend myself but, but I would just no. add one thing to that I would say that it's not so much about people caring about the dog it's it's more about the lack of care towards the black person um yeah. and like that's where the phrase black lives matter like yeah. is so important and you know I've yeah. been in conversations I've been on panels where we've spoken about black lives matter and we've literally me and three other black and and these three black girls we would we were talking about it passionately and saying look this is why it's important for us to say black lives matter and right at the end this middle-aged white guy stood up and said but why can't we say all lives matter Oh. And it's just yeah. lost on them, do you know? And yeah. and and yeah. that kind of shows you the the sort of erasure that the black community faces. Also, when yeah. you when you in in the in the white psyche, and I'm making sweeping generalizations here, obviously, but in the white psyche, a, a dog is always innocent and and a dog is always pure, whereas the black person is is guilty until proven innocent. Proven innocent. But um, isn't that crazy that in yeah. like America, um. 
like the a black person is so dehumanized that a dog outranks mm. him. Exactly. That's insane yeah. to me. Yeah. 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 yeah and yeah. to add on to your point, Iman, I know you said that you think America has too much freedom of speech. I feel like it's quite almost the opposite. I feel like depending on what you look like, if you look like a stereotypical, you know, white American, you have a lot mm. more freedom in your speech than than a of black course. person. So and and mm. I think with their system being so dependent on you having a job like for example healthcare is not even a possibility unless you have a job that can give you insurance because the prices are mm-hmm. so high um mm-hmm. people feel like they don't have a freedom of speech because everything they say may result in them losing their job and pe- they can't risk it they can't risk you know they're not going to get benefits from the government they're going to be homeless so mm-hmm. these people who are like minorities who are working for literally three dollars an hour are not even yeah. able to you know you know have a good living and be able to you know defend what they think because the system is made so perfectly that only the rich white people can say what they want because they're funding yeah. it and they have a sense yeah. of entitlement where they feel yeah. like they have a right to everything. They can speak about whatever they want to say, no matter how, you know, how minuscule it is. Yeah. I would change that then. I would say that I feel like white people have got too many rights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. In America. Yeah. Yeah. No, they true, do because they true. feel like they can speak on everything, you know? Everything. Even when they, uh, if and when they want. It, I think, I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, but yeah, even yeah. him with, um, you know, when he kneels at his games so he can, uh, instead of... Well, think, he doesn't play anymore yeah. because he decided that he didn't want to uh, join in the national anthem, yeah. which is and ridiculous. The, the way that white people spoke out about that, Americans, like, they they were completely outraged and they everyone had something to say about it and no one was saying what was needed to be say, said about why he was doing it, the importance of it and it was all against it. It's bullshit because these white people, why are you defending a land that's not even yours in the first place? Mm. So you're out here key, key, key and R and R and oh my God, my country, oh my God, make America great again. No, G, absolutely <laughs> not. And there was this, there was this um, thing that I saw on Instagram and it was called, it's called white fragility. Um, I'll read it out quickly. So white fragility is when a white person feels uncomfortable about conversations around race. It can make you feel like you have to tone down your experiences of racism to make the person feel comfortable. Honor yourself by reclaiming the right to honestly express when something does not sit well in your body. And one thing that I will say to add to that is <clears throat> sometimes I'll be at work, yeah, and let's say, for example, my friend or whoever might be walking by who's black and my white colleague will want to try to explain them. They'll explain them in every yeah. single way besides saying yeah. the word black. Every, it makes them that uncomfortable that they actually can't describe the skin tone. They'll say, oh, my God, yeah, um, so he's about six foot two um muscular um wears glasses okay so all right so he's black do you know what i mean like what they they're so uncomfortable with it and this white fragility is so important to highlight in so many different scopes because i just feel like racism and and racism in general and for us to be able to unpick it and try to move forward in any type of way needs to be addressed in a not not even confrontational but almost confrontational because I feel like unless it's really thrown in their faces they're just not going to speak up about it yeah but the thing is that I feel like on that point I feel like they may not be saying it out loud but they're definitely thinking it 
Like, for example, maybe they're using a facade where they're like, oh, they're everything but, you know, black. But in their head, they're like, oh, no, they're black. Like, they're, well, that's how I yeah, identify the them. The fact that they use so many other descriptive words and avoid saying they're black, it means it's the foremost thing in their mind that they're avoiding saying. Yeah, so because if exactly. you're playing taboo. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're playing taboo. <laughs> Literally. Literally. One thing I would say about white fragility is that it basically, like, if you boil it down, what fri- white fragility means is that is that you care more about the emotions and the feelings of white people than you do about the lives of black people. That's basically what it boils yeah. down to, is society giving more of a shit about how offended and how but- a white person is going to get by speaking up about something than how it's going to affect the lives of, of, of black people. Yeah. And it's like white women very quickly recognize and call out male fragility, mm. but they are so quick to deny white fragility. They don't believe mm. it exists, or they they'll deny mm. its existence the way they deny white privilege. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. to kind of expand on that. Um, why uh, i'm just going to read out something white privilege doesn't mean your life hasn't been hard it means your skin tone isn't one of the things making it harder there's plenty of other privilege socioeconomic male heterosexual cisgender christian able-bodied but white privilege is mm-hmm. perhaps the most enduring throughout history yeah, yeah it's very true i know this is a very very like random point but to add on to this there was a amazing movie i watched it's called a time to kill it's from the 90s i highly recommend everyone watch it it's even though it's made in the 90s it's still very present today mm. and long story short it's about a trial of uh the actor playing him samuel jackson and the lawyers matthew mcconaughey and when they have a discussion before one of the um trials, he sits in front of mm. him and he says look, this jury does not see me as a man. They see me as a black man. Mm. You have to understand, you have to defend Mm. me as a black man because that's what they're seeing. So even he knew that for him to win this case, he had to be defended as if he was not just a man. Like he had to have so much more extra because he was a black man because that's how he was seen. Yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, like to add to that as well is, you know, the fact that, uh, the, I don't know if you guys are aware of the case of the um, I can't remember the name now. Bosboro boys, the boys that were killed in uh, um, during uh, the Jim Crow era. Those a group of teenage boys. The youngest one was about eleven years old, and um, a woman uh, accused them of rape on a train, and they were all incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them for decades. And then she later came out, decades later, came out and said, um, you know, uh, actually it didn't happen. And she denied, oh my God. She denied what she'd previously said. And but it was the said, same. It was a, it was the same as the as the Central Park exactly. Five. It wasn't until it wasn't until Corey was in prison and he actually met the killer. Mm. And the killer's the one that came and admitted it took Corey, the person who was incarcerated, wrongly accused to meet the actual killer in jail for him yeah. to get out of jail and a lot of these times like the the woman who goes to you know who goes to police and says what's wrong and says what's happening is white uh, no she's white but even the police there they kind of convince you that it's a black man as well they the way yeah, that yeah, they yeah. interrogate for hours and hours and like speak to you and like bring these people around you and say oh did he look like this was he like this and 
question everything they kind of put mm. it in your head it was a black man and i'm not i'm obviously not defending the woman or anything like that but that happens a lot of the time where you know the uh, black men are wrongly convicted and it's yeah, through it, the interrogation it, process of them yeah going they feed that they story, feed it they in encourage exactly. that story yeah they take they take a they take a pinch and they just run a mile with it they're like, okay, cool. So you think that he was a, 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 a African-American man? Yes, African-American mm. man. Yeah, and they'll mm. kind of like antagonize you. And she's dumb and a racist as well. And she'll say, yeah, what? And it's, so obviously... It's also like... Sorry to cut you off, Saba. Like the, the, the issue that I have with um, cases of... Especially cases of um, sexual assault, supposed sexual assault by black men towards white women that later come out mm. to be untrue or unfounded or the woman mm. comes forward and says, you know, it didn't happen. There's mm. a lot attached to white women's honour and a lot mm. attached to the idea that, that um, black men taking away white women's honour, um, the white mm. state is really quick to defend the white woman's honor because if it was a black man raping a black woman it there would not be as much of an outcry and that is not i would say also that that come that kind of is similar to the the cases that we have in the uk of um racism mm. towards groups of asians asian guys because of the idea that they have that they're grooming gangs and that they they you know they rape and kill or they they sexually assault white women um there's this, mm. like you know the the purity and the honor of the white woman is far more valuable than the life Important. of a black man and the freedom of a black man so if that if that mm. purity and honor of the white woman comes into question in any way when it comes to a black man he's immediately dismissed mm. it doesn't mm. it, the, it, it's just immediately he's viewed as being in the wrong and the case is, is already yeah. tainted to begin with because yeah. of that that you know that like, it almost feels like it almost feels like um potentially maybe america maybe even the world they've painted kind of like what does this what does a typical bad guy look like and it would be a black guy that, that's what he would look like because whenever it comes like the situations um i know this is again very random but there's an actress called gabrielle union mm-hmm. and i forgot who she's married to but right um who's she married to yeah there we go he's like a famous American football player and he has they have two sons together and she was talking about how her son had decided to to have this hobby with his like rich you know white boyfriends because obviously they're all well off now um but they would kind of jump into people's basketball courts and play basketball and that was the kind of like challenge right and when Gabrielle found out about this she sat down both her boys and she was like listen your friends can do that but because you're black because of your skin color if someone sees you doing this they don't see it as a challenge they see you as a threat you will die if you do something like this you're not going to get arrested and go to a jail and mommy and daddy will come pick you up a gun will be pointed at your head and you will die yeah it doesn't matter if you're 16 it doesn't matter if you're 18 and, and bear in mind these boys are growing as well so they're more threatening you know when they see like a black guy standing there on the basketball court yeah. So she said, the way you think of the world is not how your white friends see the world. It has to be different because the world is not going to react to you the same way or react to your friends. That's mm. true. Yeah. I think another um, another really good thing to watch um, 
me and Zena actually started this uh, recently called, uh, it's a show, it's called Little Fires. And it's based on the mindset. Oh, oh my god, yes. my book! Sam, I gave me the yes, book. Um, my book club book. Oh yeah, that was that was your book club. So I started yeah, the show, but Sam, only, I gave me the book. I've only seen the first episode, so don't give me any spoilers. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, okay. But even when uh, I won't really spoil anything, but the whole uh, bike scene um, where they go and they trespass into this like you know abandoned place that he's like you know. Um, you know, they're just kids that are playing around in this, like, scrapyard. And um, the police come, but it's actually Neighbourhood Watch, and they take them and they take them back to their homes. And the one, the white mum is completely fine about it, and she's just like, oh, you know, tells her, tells her son off. But the black mum is terrified, and she's, like, so angry and so upset at her daughter for, you know, doing that. And this is in the 90s, so it's not even, like, um, you this is something that obviously back then so many more cases like this would go on of like police brutality and uh, black people getting con- getting convicted long- wrongly of crimes but we wouldn't see because you know it's not being recorded and not social it's not media, over not social media. Other... and that's like a thing that we mm. have now that you know we as you know people of color people who aren't white we can be allies to black people by recording and being there and you know spreading that on social media but even but even but even at this point white people can be allies too yeah that's what i'm saying yeah yeah and this is the point this is the point that i was trying to make earlier is that now it's gotten to a point where your silence is betrayal you not saying something is is something do you know what I mean? And I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at my white friends who haven't posted something, have not posted a thing. Don't Didn't post a thing when, I mean, I know we're talking about police brutality against the black community, but didn't post a thing when there was bombs going on in Afghanistan. Didn't post a thing for so many things. Yeah. yeah? And how many people have lost their lives due to police brutality in America this past month alone? And you haven't posted a thing, but you're out here posting flipping Gunner's new album. No, no. And you're out here buying the new Yeezys. No, you don't get to experience that. You don't get to partake in all of that because you only take it when you want it. It's almost like they're appropriating this all the time. And I'm tired of it. You can't appropriate things when you want. You can't take it when it's good for you. You can't take it when you feel comfortable. Yeah, It's not on. It's not okay. And it goes the same for our communities, that people who don't say anything as well. I'm not just saying only white people. Anyone who's not black. Yeah, You can't go and take what you want from black communities and black cultures and not be angry when they're angry, not feel their pain when they are in pain. Yeah. Not speak up for them when they can't. Yeah. And I'm not saying we always can, because obviously in America, you can't necessarily just, let's say, for example, you see a police officer, you know, attacking a, a black man who's unarmed, resisting arrest, etc., etc. If you go in, you could potentially get killed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not I'm not here advocating and saying, yeah, everyone needs to jump on police. No, officers. but there are ways you can not... you can help out. You can spread the word. You can record what is happening. That's you it. You can you That's know it. you can record what's That's happening. It. You can support you know charities that are advocating for for this to stop. You can support lawyers who are trying to get these police officers who exactly. are trying to convict them. You know, like there are ways you can support 
the community help you know this community who's constantly grieving you can protest with them like there are ways you can show that you are here and you are trying to make a conscious difference you can talk to your family members who are racist and you can speak to them and tell them yes you need to yes. see what is happening to you know to this community you need to see what is going on around us and show like that this like make this injustice apparent and that is one yep. of the things as well that I think in our communities we really lack. We don't speak about that there's police brutality within our own countries, PSC countries, where, you know, uh, black men and women are discriminated against. And mm -hmm. we, we don't oh, speak that, like, even, even in our communities, we have aunts, uncles, and like, you know, uh, grandparents who are still racist, who still have things to say. And when they say something, we shouldn't be silenced to it and we should call them out on their racism. Yep. You, and you can do it yep. in a respectful way and you can do it in a way that you know but this whole idea of you know it's their time it's their generation no we can't no be, i don't run with that you know i don't run with that that's actually bs that's actually bs i don't care about your generation it's no, your time we can't no 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 because you upped yourself and you came to this country to that like my thing yeah. with, no. with like our role in all this as people who are not black is that we need to we need to first of all address the anti-blackness within our communities and it's rampant in the arab community i can speak for the arab community because i live in it and i'm part of it but i can't speak for other communities and like the main reason is what one of the main ways that we see it is through our desire to have this proximity to whiteness our desire to be mm -hmm. the model um the model immigrants or the model minority um, I mean, if you look at like the government, you don't see many black people in government. You see Asians. You do see the yeah, Asians are, are there. There's um, you know, true. Javid, what's his name? There's Pretty Patel. Sajid Javid. Javid. Pretty, uh, Pretty Patel. These people, Patel. you know, yeah. they are actively working against minorities despite the fact that they are minorities. And mm, that like yeah. really especially exactly and that really showcases the the idea that you know the closer i am as a as a brown person or or as a person of color the cl closer i am my proximity to whiteness you know is is what's mm. going is what's going to benefit me it's and when you benefit from that mm. you're benefiting from a system that is cool. anti-black you are benefiting from anti-blackness yep. If you don't mm -hmm. speak up yeah. about it, if you don't hold up your communities, if you don't try to make the lives of the minorities in this country better through your positions mm -hmm. of power, then you are complicit. Then what are you doing? I think for the average yeah. Joe walking down the street, you know, it's difficult for you to step in in a situation like that where there is police brutality because, you know, people of colour are also brutalised, are also... Um, obviously not to the same extent as black people but also brutalized and, and demonized especially young brown visibly muslim men they're also yeah so it's difficult it's difficult to step in i get it because then they're also a label oh what you're a terrorist mm. i get it completely mm. but also we have to establish and we have to realize that the uk is not like the us don't get me wrong we have our flaws we have our problems it's nowhere near perfect matter of fact we're, we're, we're regressing I don't think we've progressed mm -hmm. but I think I think the only the, the the major difference that I feel like is the only blessing here in the UK don't, as I said 
the UK is no saint. It's far from mm-hmm. it. But the only difference is that we do not have guns. Mm. Yeah. But I would say... Poli- I don't feel like the police have the police don't have as, as many powers as the you, police in America uh, I would do. disagree with you there, Iman. Um, really? Respectfully, of course. <laughs> no, 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 please. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting in here, like, really passionate because I used to work on action against police cases in my old job. And I actually quit mm. because I couldn't stand just seeing how corrupt our justice system is and how actually justice mm. doesn't really exist in, in this country. I mean, perfect justice doesn't really exist in general, but but how how just broken our justice system is here. And, you know, we're not aware as as Americans are aware. We see our police officers dancing in Notting Hill Carnival and we <laughs> literally <laughs> and we think She's oh, not wrong. oh no British police That's officers are friendly. I've yeah. I've worked on a case on my on my first week um working in this um uh, in the actions against the authorities department in my old law firm which is I can't I can't really mention where it is um because it's quite a well-known law firm and and the person who's you know the main partner he wouldn't want to be mentioned on anything public but um uh, on my first week there I worked on a case of a 14 year old boy 14 year old black boy who'd been stopped on his way um to his job interview uh, for work experience and had been accused of of stealing when obviously he he's wearing a suit he's on his way to the work experience interview he, he it wasn't him but because there was a black target that they were looking for and he was the first one in front of them and he was known to the police because they they're all over the place in that area um i think it was in tottenham um he was stopped and searched and all he said is why are you arresting me and he was immediately taken mm. into custody. And he's 14 years old. He's not allowed to be stripped and searched or to be held in custody without an, an adult supervising, right? Mm. He was not only taken to the police of, uh, to the to the police station, he was specifically taken by the police officer that arrested him to a cell that has a broken CCTV camera. He was not only stripped and searched, he was stripped and searched intimately so that means they put their hands into their un- into his underwear as a 14-year-old boy and then they they twisted his arms behind his back they um they put the handcuffs on they bruised his wrists dislocated his shoulder and left him on the floor there oh when he started foaming at the mouth and another officer came by and said he's fainting they came in and then half an hour later called in the nurse Right, they called no. them. Did he die? And he didn't die, alhamdulillah. Um, thank God. He he didn't die, obviously, because he was my client. I went with him to to his um to to the hearing, the misconduct hearing for that police officer. Um, he was taken. Uh, he he was uh obviously like they freaked out that that you know they realized this could be a lawsuit. They brought in a nurse to check on him. His vitals were okay. That's when they called in his mum. So this is after he's been oh held in custody, God. intimately searched, his shoulder's been dislocated. He was he was then provided, you know, his legal right to have a supervisor there. Now, it won't take a genius to guess what happened to that police officer. He probably got suspended for a bit anything. and back in. Yeah. Oh my he got God. a warning. And we went to... So they hold... First of all, what they do is they review the situation. 
um, you know, the IOPC, which is the ind- independent, um, I forgot what it stands for, don't judge me. Um, okay. <laughs> I haven't been working for a long time and I'm kind of, you know, done with it. Rusty, um, the it's all right. Office for Police Conduct, excuse me, the IOPC. Mm-hmm. Um, what they do is they will independently review the situation, which takes months, right? And they always come back going, oh no, here's the side of the story from the police officer. And actually, you know, um, it, it was justified use of force, right? That's what usually happens. Oh, but you put them in a room where the CCTV well, don't work. I'll never admit that. They'll just say, oh, it happened to not be working. That was our fault. Mm. But most police stations do have a custody, uh, do have a cell that doesn't have a CCTV camera in it or is broken. And that is on purpose. And I will tell you that that is not, it is not an accident. Mm. It, there is always a purposely, you know, broken CCTV camera in one cell so that they can do whatever they want in that cell and they can brutalize people however much they want and and this is a common thing this is a common thing because i i can't say that this is this is like a one-off that that police station had that i've i've worked on cases from three different police stations that had the same story cctv just didn't happen to be working in the cell that our client was brutalized i don't wow. believe the story that some some cells don't have cctv or the cctv is broken you know mm. you've tampered with it or it's broken and you left it broken so that that cell becomes the place where you torture people right so when i first read this this child's IOPC report from the police. Obviously, when I came to work on this case, this kid was 17 years old. That's how much time had passed on. Wow. And he was arrested, what, 14? So this was three years after. And by that time, he's developed, he he was in a relationship and it hadn't worked out, you know, because he wasn't, he had such severe PTSD, he wasn't able to hold on to a relationship. He was, um, you know, he did some uh, judo for a while or like martial arts and then he left it because of the injury to his shoulder, he couldn't continue. The case initially, the file sitting on my desk, I read the IOPC report to get an idea of you know, the other side of the story. And obviously, before that, I just worked on refugee cases, so I didn't have an idea. Um, I knew about the brutalization towards refugees from the States, but I didn't know um, opinion that we have it, they have it worse in America. And the image of, you know, police officers at Notting Hill Carnival. So um, I read the IOPC report, and it, the way that the police officer described him was as this... Um, a muscular, tall, intimidating figure that had to be controlled and restrained in order for the police officers to have control. So going into this, I was a bit intimidated about meeting this guy because I was like, what if he is some thug, right? I showed up, guys. Mm. Iman, you've met me. How tall am I? he was five foot three and you know the most soft-spoken boy you you could ever meet and i was just shocked at the monster that they had painted in that investigation and who you know i ended up facing we got there we got to the police station because they were holding um uh, not the police station, sorry, the, the office of the Metropolitan Police in London. 
because they were holding a misconduct hearing for the for the police officer they'd found that okay one of the actions you know was possibly considered misconduct and now we're going to hold a hearing and we're going to decide whether or not you know he deserves any punishment for this so we show up there and me and my client we're sitting in a in a glass room um and we can look into the main room where the hearing is happening and they're we're obviously not allowed to speak, we're not allowed to intervene, and they're talking, um, you know, and they're calling out the things that we've accused the the police officer of doing, and one by one, they're basically Mm -hmm. saying, okay, we don't find you guilty of this, we don't find this to be misconduct, we don't find that misconduct. Oh my god. And he walks out, as he's walking out, he looks over to my client, smacks, and he goes, you're right." and this boy, I could, I would not have blamed him if he had punched this man in the face from the way he was speaking to him the way that he looked at him it's like he wanted him to he wanted to get a rise out of this boy in order for him to prove a point Which that kind of... he was violent yeah just twist so the knife he walked out with a warning like oh, no. oh you know don't do that again slap on the wrist yeah so exactly that's exactly what the boy said to me when we came out he was like, so what's happening now? And I said, look, it's just, it's been dismissed on a warning. And he says, so I get a dislocated shoulder and he gets a slap on the wrist. Wow. And yeah. honestly, that yeah. is literally like, that's the tip of the iceberg. And, you know, that kid has been arrested more than but once. Honestly. But are we, but, 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 but. I can't be. I'm so infuriated, by the way, by the story. By the way, like you're telling like it to me, and I'm trying to be calm. It's disgusting. Um, there are far worse cases that we work the other on ones of severe. death in police custody, not yeah. of just um, black men, but also black women, um, women of color, uh, you know, people with mental health issues. I would put that to one side though, and say that the the rampant racism in the justice system and the canteen culture of this like toxic masculinity toxic white masculinity in the police force yeah, yeah so for sure, for sure. Work in that, in that and even the abuse of power these people come into the you know people that go into like law enforcement speaking like specifically mm. police they're looking to get a high of being a powerful person and being able to tell someone you mm. can't do that and you're gonna yeah. go to jail or you're gonna get hurt because most of these men some of them i've seen studies i've read about where you know these men were like abused as children or they had their own mm. issues and they go into this you know workforce because they they finally feel superior yeah and then they kind of go like now it's my turn now i get to do this stuff and that's not a healthy system to have because like you've just said it allows for more injustice so a poor boy who was simply going to get you know hopefully a job through an interview now has a stagnant life because of one traumatic event like he's he's never gonna probably heal properly from that shoulder you know as much as he'll probably try and move on with his life he can still feel that pain so it's a constant reminder to him but that policeman he just had a good day at work and got to beat up someone exactly. and feel good about and that's, it. And that's definitely it's not the first, you know, kid he's done that to. Oh, of course not. And you know what? That's that. As Zina said, I know that's a minor case. I have family members that are half Moroccan, half black, and to the world they look black. Yeah. And I have seen they have told me the brutality that they get given by police. This yeah. is something that happens in my family. I have seen. I know how disgusting it is. I know how harsh it gets, and it 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 honestly it 
sickens me so much and yeah. I can't believe that we are still in in this year and in a society like this in a society During like the pandemic this, yeah. where this is what it's we're still talking about yeah. and I just I just I just feel like even with the police force where are you know the different measures that are being taken when they are recruited where like they no, must apparently have, they have a very racist like um they system have, they must go through like psychological tests and this that, and the other sorry like if, if there's any kind of inkling of racism or discrimination within you when it when those test results come back sorry you cannot be working for the police force this is what it has to come down to there needs to be a whole but i don't think that's a priority man i don't think they even no, care about that stuff at all of course they don't care yeah because yeah. the system benefits them and they need even the even... system needs people like that to to uphold what what the people above want them to uphold yeah like even mike from love island um who was on the winter love island yeah he was, was a black man force. he yeah. was a police force and mm-hmm. he said he left wow. it because of how race they would call him monkey while he was on yeah. shift with other colleagues like and he was working with this police force and yeah. he's like i'm not even a criminal i'm working with these men and they're wow. calling me this yeah. like can you imagine what they did to the people that they call or like yeah. even and just what, whatever like what put in jail Sorry, my dad Sorry. Right. Sorry. Go on. Basically, Tina. I was just gonna say that's why what ends up happening is if somebody from our communities, from the black community or the any ethnic minority community, makes it to become a policeman, they will be forced to prove their allyship to the force yeah. so much yeah. to the white to the white man. Expected yeah. to be even harsher when arresting their own people, and mm. that's why they will they. Yeah. Will, be trying to prove themselves a lot more and you're more likely to to be brutalized Mm. at the hands of a poc you know officer than than you are at the hands of a a white officer if they're together in a situation yeah well my dad when he came to this country um you know he had a really good degree from morocco anyway but one of the careers that he was considering going Mm. into was police work and obviously back home the the police and the army like anyone with any kind of power is very very respected so he just mm. thought oh, that that you know that could be a respectable role da, 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 whatever and he could not go through with it he was just like the amount of racism the amount of abuse the amount of disgusting things that you have to do to your own people yeah. i cannot do i yeah. cannot do this and, it's crazy. Yeah, and and this was something that he told me when I was a young kid. It's so insane. It's really insane. And it's so annoying, like Zina said, with the whole justice system. You really hope that justice will prevail. But how can the justice prevail when the system itself is flawed and it's against you and it's not for you? And it always will be against you and it will never be for you. And particularly with America as well, I just feel like the country is too big there's too many people to control under one constitution. It's there basically is, 50 countries. Literally. I would just literally. say with 50 because, countries, 50 different laws, 50 different Yeah. It's it's too much. It's too and it's you know, it's as I said earlier, it's up to a point now where this really enough is enough. Like yeah. there needs to be a revolution and I keep on bringing up Asha cuz I was staying with her for a bit and we were discussing this often. But, you know, when you look at France, there's a revolution. When, when their rail prices increase, there's a revolution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here in the UK, we just take well, I it. I think it has a lot to do with... I'm uh, not going to lie. I remember yeah, the riots. I mean, we, yeah. What the, yeah, there was... Yeah, a, there, okay, how but many years ago was that? 
but we still take a lot of stuff. We, there, there's a lot True. more revolutions yeah. I mean, in different countries than I in mean, the UK and the US. Like, if you look at places, you know, where there's a high level of comfort, there's less likely to be revolutions because what people are looking for is they're looking for. Um, if you if you basically give people the basic necessities, they're fed, they have a sh- mm. you know they have shelter, mm. um, they have basic medical care. They're less likely to revolt, so you can get away with a lot more. Mm. Also, we're you know mm. we're fed a, a false narrative through the media. You were talking about the riots when the mm. riots happened. They were as a result of the death of Mark Dugan, right? Mark yeah. Dugan, yeah, correct. When his photos were put in the press. They cropped out his child to make him look less friendly to to, to mm. decrease empathy towards him, to mm, leave yeah. it an open yeah. question of mm. well what did he do to deserve that what did he do you know yeah mm. to paint the picture yeah the same, with, same with this yeah yeah same with george floyd i'm literally waiting for them to say well this is what he's done in his lifetime and da 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 and da 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 and I'm just I'm just waiting for it because I know that that's what the media does and I know that that's yeah. the message that they want to relay and I know that that's what they do want to convey and and yeah. feed us and and media has a massive part to play in it. I don't want to get into a conversation about the media because we'll actually be here all evening. <laughs> but but um but yeah, it's one it's, thing I was sickening. Like um, you know why the legal system doesn't work or why we need to hold them accountable or whatever we we can't really expect much from the legal system in a country that is run by white supremacist settlers like there's this re- quote i really mm. like that says the law will never hold the white supremacist settler state accountable because it would have to destroy itself you know if the state is mm. based on you know the, the the people in charge are the the people who have settled through violence on a land who are openly white supremacists mm. i mean whoever the people in power mm. right now in america are openly white supremacists the man that killed george floyd mm. he he you know he basically there's another photo of him wearing a make america great again hat you know it's it's obvious where he aligns he's not they, uh, listen George Floyd, George Floyd is not the first black man that he has killed. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It's not the first one that he's killed. I think it's like, I'm going to say like the fourth or the oh, fifth. Wow. So he's just been getting away with it yes. until this video got until posted. Until someone was able to record him doing it. This is not the first this time. Is the this first is time a terrorist. Came on, on our- this is someone instilling terror. And he's and now he has fifty people standing outside his home to protect yeah. him. Yeah. See, that just makes me feel like that was an order. Like they told him, "Hey, you're good at killing black guys. Go kill this." I don't know why. I just I have a really unsettled but feeling because he, watching that video, but he needs to be racist himself in order to execute that order. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But watching that video and watching literally the life come out of that man. Anyone being able to do that, I don't think you're normal. I don't think you have a, a psyche that is, I don't know, empathetic enough to understand oh, that what you are doing to another human being. No, he's psycho. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. They, which shows that they're hiring the class A of crazy into these yeah. systems because nine nine minutes of that, no. I wasn't able to watch that no, without no. tearing up a little bit. So I can't imagine the guys, four policemen standing there, one doing it and three others watching and just being like, well, this and is how it is. 
Like it's and insane. The, the crazy thing is, is that not all of the, like they weren't even held accountable properly. How can they? Two of the policemen be now like they're now on paid leave. Well, yeah, yeah. You know that's that's, that's, that's crazy. Exactly what what happened here on a lot of cases. You know of police brutality where the officers were being um, investigated. Um, one of the cases that we worked on um, was a pretty popular um, death in in death due to p- police brutality case, death and police mm-hmm. contact, we say, mm-hmm. um, death after, sorry, police contact or during police contact. Um, and, you know, there was an investigation by the IOPC. It was found that there was one, you know, misconduct action. And so it was being investigated and whatnot. But during that time, those police officers, you know, two of them were, were on paid leave. The other one retired. And because the, the only thing that, you know, sometimes what they can do as punishment for police officers is they can cut their pension. So police officers get a pretty hefty pension after they retire. But if the police officer retires before they have, you know, found him guilty or found him guilty of misconduct, they can't cut off his pension. So this motherfucker quickly basically (laughs) retired so that before Before they they could do anything, if they find him guilty of misconduct or gross misconduct, which they probably wouldn't have found him guilty yeah. of it, to be honest. Yeah, the, the system wouldn't. Well, if, if they were to, then they can't touch his pension. And not just that, he still has and a they respectful even, name. He yeah. served the police. And they can't and, even touch him. You know, they can't even pursue him. They can't. The IOPC can't even go to his house and question him because he's no longer a police officer. So they can't even go and and mm. like get any information from him. They can they can try, but he's welcome to to um, deny you know them an interview. You know, I have two quotes in my head. I don't know when to mention them, but I'll mention them now. Just get them out of the way. Mm. But one that comes to mind is one I saw on Twitter that said, "To be African American is to be African without mm. the memory, and to be American yeah. without privilege." Wow. And that just rings so much for me with yeah. this man that mm. got hurt. And the other one, which reminds me of a man that you mentioned about people that aren't speaking out, the people that aren't, you know, posting this stuff and saying, hey, they need a voice too. It's a famous quote by Martin Nimolier. I'm definitely butchering that, that name, but it said something like, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unions, unions and I did not speak out because I was not one. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and then there was no one left to speak for me. Because that just rings so true wow. to me right now in this situation and many others. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. It's true. And it's and it's something that has remained true throughout all of history. It's something that hasn't stopped. It's something that hasn't slowed down. It's an endless cycle. It's just it's an endless cycle and it's just continuous. We're only what we're nearing June and and Mm. of the cases we only know, I can say four at the top of my head that has happened. And that's, oh, that we and know, that we know obviously, that have been recorded and people... Have... And that's yeah. at the top of your head. Literally at the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that is... Yeah. That's not okay. 
yeah. And it reminds me of that movie, Fruitville Station, which showcased another murder. I forgot the man, but I remember Michael B. Jordan acted in it. And it was the same situation where a man was killed on New Year's Eve because, you know, the police just decided he was the threat when he wasn't the one who initiated the fight or anything. And it's just like a repeat of the same thing. And every year it's the same cry. It's the same, we need to change. We need to something. But I don't know what the answer is, but I feel like what we're doing is definitely not enough. Oh, 1,000% it's not enough. 1,000% it's not enough. But, you know, I think that it's it's really difficult to say what the answer is and how we're going to change it because we can't change it overnight. It's not going to change overnight. It's not going to take one, two, three, four people. It's going to take the whole world. It's, it's systematic. You have to change it's it. Systematic. This is systematic. This, 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 gonna... this probably won't change no, in exactly. our lifetime and it probably won't change in our kids' lifetime, maybe even our grandchildren's lifetime. But if this is going to be the start of change, the start of something, the start of this is not okay, this is what we need to begin with. And and for me, one thing that has just been rattling me and, and what I've been screaming is that the beginning of this needs to come from white people. And mm-hmm. and it's it's jarring to me when I hear, oh, this is a black issue, this is a black actually it's a white issue. It's, it's, it's a human issue. issue. It wouldn't be it's anyone it, who isn't black because no, nah, but 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 this wouldn't happen to black people if it wasn't because of what white people are doing. Is their issue is white people's issue with the black community? Is there like there wouldn't be all of this if they wasn't killing? If white mm. people weren't killing black people, there would be no problem. But also, if with white people didn't feel okay killing them, it's them feeling all right with it. It's the fact that these people feel okay to kill black people. Like to them, it's just you know, it's I don't understand how they can be that dehumanized. To them, it's just another kill. Like, oh yeah, it's just you know, God knows, beef or something. You, I'm telling you, them seeing a dog die will will receive more news. Yeah, which is insane. Do you guys? A policeman will not kill a dog, and a policeman will kill a black person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys would be interested in hearing some interesting statistics. Yes. Oh, please. We love so a statistic. I would really suggest you guys follow um, uh, uh, a lady called Mona Chalabi on um, on Instagram. Um, she mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. she does infographics and she's a data analyst. Um, mm-hmm. She works. She works for the Guardian US, um, and she estimates that uh, George Floyd, had he lived to his full life. He would have lived up until the year 2046. So because he was killed by the police, his life was cut short by 26 years. And then she said in 2019, 251 black boys and men were killed by the police in the US. Together, they lost 9,791 years of life. When you put it that way, it yeah, really knocks you back. I just got um, I just got chills. Yeah. When you and said she, that, she says that black people are three times. You go remember as well when we're talking about the average lifespan of a black person. Black people are three times more likely than white people in uh, to be killed by the police in the U.S. And yet there should be also be um, sorry, that's something else. Uh, health inequalities in terms of health inequalities 
a black baby born today is expected to live till they're 71.9 years old, whereas white babies um, are expected to live up to 76.4 years old. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, so that I remember reading that and thinking that is insane. Not only did he lose 26 years of life, but he lost 26 years of life for a black person. Had he been a white person, that would have been longer. So had he not been killed by the police, mm. his life would have still been cut short just because of the consequences of slavery and racism that are systemic. But he lost 26 years of life. Which should never have happened because they don't have the right to take that from him. But obviously here we are. It is shocking and disheartening. And I think if I can, I just want to like... I know sometimes it's hard for us to hear these things um, and what we want more than anything is to say like what can I do what what can you know what's my role in this so one of the things that we can do if you're asking yourself what can I do first of all listen listen to black people see what they're asking you to do there is enough stuff going around on social media where black people have said right listen up this is what you need to do now listen to them read those find out i'm not saying go up to every black person and say teach me because it's not it's not their job to teach you but your the the information is out there educate yourself you have a whole world of resources online and books that you can read a book i recommend reading is why i no longer talk to white people about race and then use that to educate your elders and to educate the people around you that burden should fall on you not on black people who are carrying trauma already Mm -hmm. they shouldn't have to be expected to relive their trauma in order to educate you each time you should be educating yourself you should be educating the people around you you need to you need to address you know the 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 issue that we have with anti-blackness within our communities just from like a beauty standpoint the fact that we idolize whiteness and we idolize fair skin and you know um whether that's because of the caste system within the asian community or colorism across the spectrum um which is also obviously amplified by colonialism we need to we need to make our parents aware we need to make our grandparents aware that this is this is happening because of structural racism and because of anti-blackness and the second thing you have to do is if you see anything in front of you happening where there's an altercation between a black person and a police officer whether it's strip and search whether it's any minor thing take your phone out and film it record it because i can't tell you how many times that footage, you know, the, the footage that we used to get from someone was the only piece of evidence in our case, was the only thing that even allowed us to have a case, allowed us to hold yeah. police officers responsible, yeah. regardless of whether it got a result or not. We were able to hold them responsible because of that footage. You were able to get them in a Exactly. Room. We were able to force them to face what they did, even if they had no remorse, you know? the fact that yeah. we we dragged them out we made them sweat we made them think about it even for a day you know made them worry even yeah. for a second that they might lose their jobs was we will take it basically um, yeah and another point to add on to that yeah. sorry to cut you off just really quickly before i forget it um is whenever you're telling someone 
who may be close to you or even to yourself when you're like learning about this stuff is to be ready for all of you to unlearn mm-hmm. what you already know mm-hmm. i.e that you you're being fed certain things subconsciously you maybe not even realize that you're carrying them so you have to be ready to unlearn what you've been taught because some of it might just be helping that narrative that they want society to yeah. have and you may need to be very open-minded to accept no, these I, new ideas i yeah. think we should stop so being so scared of you know you may have been wrong in the past and you can you know everyone has said problematic things when they were younger everyone has done problematic things when they were younger but now is the time more than ever to recognize that and to see your own privilege even as a poc you know like see your own privilege and learn from it and educate yourself and not to be embarrassed and to sit down and unlearn all that you know hate and find a way to kind of now become an ally more than anything Mm. Mm -hmm. definitely yeah I think you're you hit the nail on the head Sabah and I think that we just need to educate people and just become allies and I think that's it um also like it's it's not good enough just to add sorry I know you want to end but I have so much no, to no, say. No, it's okay. <laughs> you should not have opened the subject with me. But um, uh, I would say, like, in terms of, like, being an ally, we also have to be really, really careful um, not to call ourselves allies. Um, to be an ally is, is a status that you are given mm. by the Black community when you have earned it. It's not you educate yeah. yourself and then you're like i'm i'm your ally now and that's no. it yeah that is a status that you earn through your actions and through through yep. your words and i would really yeah. really urge anybody listening to this to go and look into um the inquiry into deaths and police custody in the uk i think it's a shame that so many young people are not talking about the inquiries that are happening in this country the fact that these inquiries don't get attention is what make is what leads to them being dragged out for years and literally decades and then being swept and, under the and continuing doing and what being they're doing deemed unnecessary exactly, and they're not exactly. happening and that is setting a really dangerous precedent for the state is that you know something goes wrong we recognize that it's wrong and so we'll do an inquiry that inquiry will drag out the public will forget and then we move on and we repeat the same mistakes that's literally what's happening go and read about the inquiries it's boring and it's long on purpose it is so that you don't read it push through and read it find out tweet about it instagram whatever share it with people read on the inquiry into deaths and police custody read into the undercover policing inquiry that is a really important one that's being dragged out for years i worked on that inquiry personally and it's being dragged out you know it's about police literally spying on the lives of activists um pretending to be uh, you know part of their groups even marrying them and getting into relationships with them oh um, my god that yeah we can horrid. have a, a, an episode on that i'm happy to talk about because i worked extensively on that inquiry the grenfell tower inquiry you know oh the, the Gre- Leo, you case. need to oh not forget we need to stephen lawrence inquiry is as relevant today yeah. as it was 20 years ago yeah, yeah. you yeah. need to yeah. go and you need to read up and update yourself 
on those inquiries, on the outcomes of those inquiries. Because a lot of the times, these inquiries and investigations happen, the media attention is gone, the public attention is gone, and they they just find that the use of force was justified, they find that the conduct was justified, and it's swept. And it's under the, rug. the families are given a pit as compensation financial compensation and told to jog on uh, we well we'll definitely we'll definitely post some links um to different inquiries on our page for anyone that wants to read into those if you can't find any um and yeah really nice speaking to you all thank you for having me guys um, i'm glad you that you're yeah. back <laughs> on such a on such an important necessary topic i agree it was needed it definitely needed but yeah we're back we back we apologize we for every yeah. Friday. um rona has this <laughs> yeah yeah we're all quarantined and trying to continue the podcast but, but everyone you know continue to stay alert you know yeah try to stay alert but yeah continue to stay safe everyone and yeah, really excited yeah. to be back. Yeah. All right, guys. Love you guys. Love, love, you, bye. Guys. love you guys. Bye. Love bye. you. Bye.